your Bibles in your hand, lift them up high, repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. Say, this is my word of God. And say, it's the living word of God. And say, it brings life to me. So I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I can have what it says I can have. And say, my life is better. At down heard, spoken, and practiced. This word of God. And say, devil, you are too late. Because we are believers. Amen. That's going to be a good message. I got receipts and everything coming out of here. Thank you, Pastor. I appreciate that, man. Just a good man right here, Pastor, Pastor Fern. Amen. Good man. I, I, don't, I don't mind, you know, bragging on people. You know, sometimes people just put everything on the pastor. You know, I don't think that's the way that God intended for it to be. Amen. Praise God. This morning, I want to talk to you about positioning yourself in the Abraham blessing. Amen. Positioning yourself in the Abraham blessing. Now, I want you to understand, we already have the Abraham blessing on our lives. But to get in position is the next important thing. Amen. If you know you have rights to transportation, let's say, you know, an airplane flight or something, but if you're not in position, you're not in that gate, you ain't, you're not going nowhere on the airline. Am I correct? And so as the body of Christ, we have to get in position of the Abraham blessing. And there's so many things that are taking place right now that um, in this world, we have to show the difference. Amen. Tell your say, we got to show the difference. See, some people think they're blessed just because you have a, you know, you got a mink coat. But you can have a mink coat living in a trailer. You're just looking like you're blessed. And we don't want to be the people who look like we're blessed because we got a new car, we got a new house, we got new clothing, you know, new hairstyle, new job. No, we, we want to be blessed inside and out. Amen. Knowing exactly who we are, knowing that we will always be on top, never beneath. Amen. So let's turn our attention to the book of Isaiah, chapter 51. The book of Isaiah, chapter 51. Because I, I, I tell you, I'm a, I argue that no celebrity, no rapper, no musician, no athlete will out-prosper a born-again believer. Amen. See, we got that thing twisted. You know, you got the athletes, you got the rappers, you got the musicians, you got the actors. It's like they have more, and they're enjoying life. They're seeing more of the world and contributing to society more than the church. We know that there are people who are doing that. They don't give us no light on that. But I think it's time for us to rise all the way to the top, all of us. Amen? Praise God. Because I'm not going to look and say, well, I got to be a rapper to have some money. I got to be an athlete to have some money. Hey, I can be a believer to have some money. Amen? I can be a believer to have good health. I can be a believer to build that school. We just got the picture in. Um, I picked up at the post office this morning for the, the children that we support in the disability center out in Jickmail, Haiti. And, you know, we look, and th- those people depending on us. Amen? And I'm going to tell you, you don't have to be what everybody else is to be greater than who they are. Amen? I'm not going to compromise um, who God has called me to be just to have something when I really understand that all things I've already been given to me. The Bible already says that all things are what? They are out. All things are already out. <laughs> you gotta understand. You know, when Jesus died on Calvary Cross, 
he died to give the earth back to the sons of God. So the earth and the fullness and all that dwells in it, it belongs to you and I. So if, you, if, if the trees out there belong to you, you, got the, you have the right to build a house. Amen. The trees belong to us. The iron, all the, the electrical stuff we need, all that stuff belongs to us. Amen. But we don't position ourselves. We'll find ourselves in the wrong position to get something that we already are entitled to. The only thing I'm trying to minister to you this morning is to change how you receive what you need from God. Amen. Because I look at this now. If I believe God for a house or a car or a job, and if they, they can fire me on that job, if they can take my house and they can take my car, maybe I'm just tagging God for what I received, but I didn't really receive it from him because I positioned myself to get it another way. You understand what I'm saying? God is not the God to give it and take away. That's why he said, I give you houses, I give you land, I give you trees. Like he said, all these stuff you didn't labor for, they all come in as you pursue after the mission that God has for you according to heaven's agenda. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, I haven't seen other people say, I didn't ask for this, I didn't pay for that. But they're doing what God has asked them to do. They position themselves and all those things follow after that. Amen. You know how when you go on your job, you don't get paid first. You work first, and then the paycheck come after that. Am I correct? Right. Now, if you get paid first on your job, I want to work there, and I'm going to quit right after I get paid. Oh. And just like this, when you do the work of the Lord, watch, everything that you desire is going to follow after you. Right. It's going to follow right after you. The, you know, desires, um, the, uh, whatever you want, as far as according to the word of God, all those things are going to follow right after you. So according to the book of Isaiah, chapter 51, and verse 2, he says that, well, verse 1, he said, Hearken to me, ye that follow at the righteousness. God said, I want you to pay attention to you. Listen to me. Ye that seek the Lord, look at, he's talking about seeking the Lord. He just talking about seeking the Lord, seeking the Lord. He said, you're seeking me because you, you desire something. You, you, you need something. He said, I have no problem for that because I am your God. He says, look unto the rock. You're looking for me. To give you something, I'm going to show you how to position yourself. He said, look unto the rock which you are hewn, and to the hole of the pit for which you are dig. He said, from where you come. First of all, God said, I want you to know who you are. Because once you know who you are, it changes how you can receive and accept in life. He said, look unto Abraham, your father, and unto Sarah that bear you. For I have called him alone, and I bless him. And God said, I, I increase him as one person. I bless him. And out of that one person that God blessed, many nations came out of that one person. Matter of fact, what you're experiencing today came out of Abraham. The car that you drive, the house that you live in, the health that you have, the joy that you have, all these things came out of Abraham. Because God made a covenant with Abraham to make sure that if you are part of a family, that your family be blessed. And there's some rights that you and I have rights to, but we have to continue to position ourselves. Tell your neighbor, position yourself. And God is showing to him, he's talking about how he took limits off of a man's life. Now, let's go over here to verse 12. He says that, I, even I, am he that comfort you who art thou, that thou should be afraid of a man or any man, he said, because they're going to die. <laughs> he said, why are you be afraid of something that will expire? He said, and the son of man, which is made as the grass. He said, and forgetteth the Lord thy maker, 
He said, I'm the one who stretched forth the heavens. I laid the foundations of the earth and has fear continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor. And if he were ready to destroy and were, it was the fury of the oppressor. And I want you to understand something. If the oppressor could really take you out, he would already take you out by now. The reason why he can't take you out, because he knows who you are. He knows who we belong to. He knows that we are protected. The only way the oppressor or the destroyer can take you out unless you willfully volunteer for him to destroy you. But you can contend with your adversary because you are blessed. Amen. See, the blessing is more than substance. It's more than things that you can touch and feel. And also, the blessing also is a weapon. You remember when Abraham went out to war? And when he went out to war because of his nephew Lot, when he went out to war, he used his trained servants. And though he did, he gave them, um, what you call it, uh, Tupperware. <laughs> Household goods and lawn goods to go out and fight a war against trained warriors. But Abraham knew he was blessed. And God, watches that God is to make sure that the blessing will be the equalizer for what you can't do once it rests on you. And he used these men of his household that he raised up to fight a war. What Tupperware? What household goods? What forks and knives and garden hoses and and, and, um, rakes and and plow hoses? They went out and they whipped five kings. That was the blessing. See, a lot of people say, well, I'm blessed because what you drive or what you have, what people can see. But also you're blessed based on what you can do. And also you're blessed because what cannot overtake you because you're blessed. You cannot be cursed. You cannot be taken over. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? See, we want to position ourselves to the point that we don't use the blessing just for something that we eat, wear, or can be seen. Because, see, that's something that your family needs protection from. And it can be provided by you knowing that you're blessed and the devil can't touch your household. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He can't bring no oppression, no depression, and bring no anxiety into your home because you're blessed. But you got to position yourself. Amen. You have to position yourself. Now, let's let's go a little further here. So let's look at um, verse 16. And now the Lord says, and I have put my words in thy mouth. And I had covered thee in the shadow of my hand that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth and say unto the church, hey, you are my people. Ain't that something? God said, those are my people. They look crazy, but they, those are my folks. Ain't that something? And in the book of Hebrews, he said, I, I'm not ashamed to call them my people or to call them my children, and I'm not ashamed for them to call me their God or their father. Ain't that something? I mean, that blows me away. He said, I'm not ashamed for them to come. He said, even though I know they're going to mess up in life, even though I know they're going to make bad decisions, they're going to do dumb things. Come on, anybody did dumb things? Amen. He said, but I'm still not ashamed because they're Father or because they're God. Mm. See, that's love right there. And God said, we know we're going to make mistakes in life, but you're still blessed. Amen. Now, Abraham made made a lot of mistakes. Everybody in this Bible made some mistakes, but what they did, they reposition themselves. Yeah. You know, there's a time that Abraham needed something. What he did is that he went out of position to trying to get something that God had already blessed him to receive, and he failed at it. Uh-huh. Matter of fact, you know, from, from Isaac, from Ishmael to Isaac, even from Sarah, you know, when he came with the king at Bimelech, and he said, no, this ain't my wife. This is my sister. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> but see, the blessed would have took care of him. You even said, that's my wife. I'm, that's why she looks so good, because I'm blessed. Yeah. Amen. And the blessing would have fought for him, but he didn't position himself in the blessing. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So then after that, he learned that the blessing can bring him more than silver and gold. The blessing also can bring him protection. Yeah. Somebody said protection. Then they said, position yourself. Now, God says, I place my word in your what? Your mouth that I may plant the heavens. Now, let's, wow, got to grab a hold of this. He says, now, look at this now. He said, I put the word in your mouth, and the word is a seed, right? He said, in order for me to plant, the heavens got to be planted. See, what you want from God, it has to be planted. He had no way for it to be planted. Watch now. He said it had to be of a seed. He said, that seed, which is word form, had to be in your mouth. So he said, I give you authority to speak the word. And as you speak the word of God, which connected to heaven, he said, well, I'm planting the heavens so you can experience heaven while you are here on earth. Anybody here ever been going through any hell? Now, I want you to understand that if you've been going through hell, look at the words that you planted. And see if they're identical or are they somewhat associated <laughs> with the words that you've been speaking or the words you've been thinking. Come on, right. This ain't the time to shout. This is the time to pay attention. Yeah. Amen. Because a lot of stuff that harvests in our lives basically come from what we plant in our lives. All right. Remember, the devil want to be like God. He can't be, but he used the same system. So he want to put words in your mouth that be in your mind so it can be planted so you continue to have hell situations going on and you feel like maybe God don't like me. You got to ask yourself, do I really love myself? Right. If I love myself, I'm not going to think that way about me, even though somebody else think that way about me. And if I love myself, I'm not going to speak this way about me, even though someone else speak that way about me. But I love myself. And since I love myself, I'm going to speak good about myself according to the word of God. I'm going to start planting the word of God so heaven can come forth in the harvest in my life. You have the right. Abraham had authority with heaven and earth. Blessed be thou, Abraham, the, um, who the Lord has blessed, the possessor of heaven and earth. And God said, if you want heaven in your life, get heaven word in your mouth. And no evil shall overcome. Amen, somebody. No evil. See, see, this thing I love about God, he wants us to be skillful as a child of God. Not just a hallelujah, praise the Lord, and run up and down the aisles. All right. Now, I, I don't have no problem. I love that. Amen. But it comes to a point, we got to be skillful, and we got to let the devil know we bless. Yeah. And we don't have to be many to be blessed, because the blessed will bring forth the result of having many. Amen. Yeah. Praise. Can you give God some praise. Amen. Yeah. Look at this now. So you have, as a child of God, you have the responsibility to claim your blessing. If I preach this word to you today, and then after service, I say, how are you doing? And you tell me all the hell you're going through, somebody need to tag you in the job. Because what you're doing, you're not planting a heaven. And I'm just giving you a word that will change your life. All that you got to do is put it in your mouth and speak it. You, watch it now. You can't go to the bank and just go up there and wonder why nobody give you a withdrawal. You don't stand there. You got to walk up there and say, I'm going to take this much out of this account. Boom. There it is. 
And too many people are just standing, doing nothing, but waiting for something to happen. And you got to open up your mouth when fear comes to you, or pressure comes to you, or sickness comes to you, or lack comes to you, or any type of demonic trouble comes to you. You got to open up your mouth and claim that you are blessed. Got to protect your territory. Amen, somebody. Got to protect your territory. I speak blessings on my family every day. I let the devil know you're in for a fight that you know you're going to lose. Amen, somebody. Because we understand who we are. We plant the heavens. When you speak the word of God, when you feel lonely and oppressed, I went by Starbucks this morning because that's one of my, my first locations I had to preach there before I come here. We call it St. Arbucks when I show up. Amen. <laughs> and so they had this uh, mental um, health awareness day. You put up something nice on a piece of sticky and put it up on the board. And I just wrote on there, you know, control your happiness. Now I actually lay, I said, well, what's all these different groups coming? Well, I got... We got new members, new visitors today. Well, I didn't see these folks before. <laughs> so I'm just talking and everything. And so um, and no, she began to explain to me about this, about what was going on. And then she began to share her emotional problems with me at the altar, which is the cash register. That's where we exchange ties and all. <laughs> and so um, she said, because sometimes... I feel like this, and I feel oppressed. And I said, hold on, I said, I'm telling you, at that time that you feel like that, the only way you got there, because something got into your brain. Something got into your mind. You was looking, you was listening, and it got there. I said, this is what you do. When it comes there, look in the opposite direction, get a book, get a video, write down something, and speak it, and put that in your mind. She said, I never thought about it that way. Now give me a cup of coffee free. Amen. <laughs> this saved your brain, girl. <laughs> she said, that makes sense. See, what I'm saying, see, you sit there and you wait for something, something to change without changing it on purpose. If you, ladies, you know if those shoes don't match that skirt, you ain't going to walk out the house like that. Everything got to line up. See, I don't know about your house, but my house, we have a fashion show every day before we go out. Do this match. What about this? Oh, what about the earring? I'm like, oh, God, help me, Jesus, please. All I miss is a red carpet. <laughs> what about this, dude? Let's go with that. Now nah, I'm going to put it. This don't feel like I said, oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. Bless God. At least you have some options. Don't tell her I was saying that. She on the youth department. Don't tell her I was saying that. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but you know, if it don't fit, if it don't feel good, don't look good, you're going to change it. So what I'm saying right now, if you don't like how much money you have, you don't like the condition of your health, you don't like the condition of your family, you have the power to change it. You don't have to wait for change to come, is what I'm saying. You make change happen. Amen. Somebody say, make it happen. You're sitting there waiting for, how you going to have an answer prayer you didn't receive it when you prayed? I wait for God to answer my prayer. God said, I wait for you to receive it. We're going to be nice this morning. The next thing, first of all, you have to know what we said. We're going to just a little bit on that. You got to know who you are. You got to know that you're blessed. Amen. You must know that you are blessed. Not just know who you're blessed. You got to know your identity. Somebody say identity. identity. Let's go here to the book of Luke chapter 13. You know who you are. 
You don't have to worry about how other people see you. <laughs> they just don't know you yet. <laughs> man, I'm going to tell you, that pastor was preaching that message yesterday. Man, he, he told me all of them. I almost rolled across the floor. <laughs> I moved my chair from the table. I just looked right at it. I said, man, preach, man. Bless me. Amen. He said this one thing. I always watched the movie Samson and Delilah. But he said, he showed it in there that, you know, talked about Samson's mother, but didn't mention her name. And he talked about everybody don't need to know your name. <laughs> you just need to know that you're necessary. Man, that thing told me up. Now, it built me up. Let me put it that way. That thing built me up. And you always wait for somebody to know you. Just, no, you just need to know that you, ne- you just need to know you're necessary. Sooner or later, they're going to find out. Because, you know, we are living in a world where people are always competing. But let's get back. I won't, I won't preach this message. He preached it too. I won't mess it up. I'm anointed to preach this one right here. Amen. Now, Luke 13 and 10. And he was teaching. And let me say, tell you this. When you're going somewhere and you're not speaking, you're not preaching, pray for the person who's preaching. Amen. Because I... I pray for that man. If even on Wednesdays, if I'm not preaching on Sundays, I'm praying for whoever's preaching. Right. Whether it's Pastor Perm, Pastor Wims, or uh, Minister Tamara, or, or Minister Amanda, or Minister uh, Nell, or Minister Keyshawn, or any other minister in here. Now, I'm praying for that person who's going to preach because that's, that's a vital session right there. Amen. It's not to the point I come in with my, my little, my little um, grading book said, well, you did well. Well, you, you look anointed. Your hair was a little greasy. I couldn't tell if that was anointed without vow, vow, or whatever. You know, but you know, I don't come and grade no message. I come to receive. Amen. Amen. I come to receive. And so you're always praying, even before service. Pray for your pastor. Pray for the praise team. Pray for the usher. Pray for the ministry. Amen. Plant the heavens. Amen. Don't watch and see it and talk about everything went crazy and you didn't participate to make sure it's protected. Amen. Okay, Luke chapter 13, verse 10. He said, and he was teaching in one of the synagogues on a Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity. That's, that's, that's where sickness comes from. When you're praying for people, you deal with the spirit of infirmity. She had this 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift herself up. There was nothing she could do to get her life together. Now, what I want us to see here is that people have issues in life that they can't, seem like they, they can't change until they actually realize their change is possible. Now, when we could continue to read this, and when Jesus saw her, he called to her and said unto her, Woman, thou art loose from thy infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And then the rulers of the church, the synagogue, answered with indignation. Because of Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day, and said unto the people, These are six days in which men ought to work, and in them therefore come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. And that's like the dumbest thing a leader could ever say. I mean, that's the, what, what's this? Okay. He said, the Lord then answered him and said, you hypocrite. Ain't <laughs> that something? When Jesus called you a hypocrite, you need to be baptized again. <laughs> Jesus said, listen, he called him straight up. He said, thou hypocrite. He said, thou hypocrite, does not one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall? 
and lead him away to watering. And he said, and ought. Somebody said, ought. The ought means it's supposed to be. And suppose, shouldn't this woman be a daughter of who? Notice something. He didn't call her the daughter of her biological father. He said she ought to be loose from this infirmity who Satan has bound these 18-some years. She said she ought to be loose. In other words, ain't nothing you can say about it. But notice something. She could not have been loose or freed unless, watch this now, she was connected to Abraham. See, Jesus came to save that was lost. And what Jesus actually did, he came to let people know who were of this descendant that, listen, you have a blessing. You have the blessing and you need to get on it. Now, she could, if she had, if this out of registered her mind before, she could have did this herself. But we know that Jesus was teaching us something. And so here Jesus said, she ought to be loose who Satan has bound these 18 years. She's been bound these 18 years. And watch, and when he had said this, these things, all his adversaries were ashamed. And all the people rejoiced all for all the glorious things that were done by him. Watch this now. In other words, when you know who you are, watch this now, all your adversaries and sickness and infirmities got to respect you. You know, sometimes you try to get people to respect you by making sure your car is shiny or you're wearing the right clothes because you want, yeah, there's nothing wrong with respecting, oh, there's nothing wrong with that. We, we designed like that. We created like that. But watch this now. I can go somewhere. I'm just using myself for an example, not trying to be boastful, it's not like that. I can go somewhere and I can have on, t- you know, um, tennis shoes or Nikes or something like that, a T-shirt or whatever. And I don't have to prove to people that I'm, I'm Pastor Harvey. I don't have to do that. Because I already know who I am. And sometimes I go in places, and, and even though I'm not dressed according to title, whatever that is, <laughs> I'm not dressed according to title, someone will always say, hey, and they will call me by title. Next thing I know, everything starts to shift. And what happened is the person didn't respect me the first time, then they began to respect me because then they know who I am. What I'm saying to you is that as long as you know who you are in Christ Jesus, an announcement is going to show up and whatever didn't respect you at first is going to have to respect you. It's going to be announced whether it's somebody vocally said it, verbally said it, or spiritually discerned it. Are you understand what I'm saying? You don't have to make somebody honor you and respect you. That what you want honor and respect from is from things that is contrary to your life. So when that devil comes to your house, you got to let him know, hey, this is of the seed of Abraham through Christ Jesus. He got to respect that, but he don't have to respect it if you don't know who you are and not respecting yourself. Because you know who you are, you'll clean the house quickly. Come on, talk to me now. You got to know who you are. And once he said that she is a daughter of Abraham, everybody said, you know, we can't touch that. Well, because this is this is, this kind of this is a devil blood covenant between God and all this stuff and all he said, no, he said, you know, our bad, we we saw we wrong. Notice the respect that came up. I just said, who that child is. Amen. And that's so important that we will always live a life that life is pointed and connected to Abraham and Christ Jesus and God. Now I'm not talking about Abraham alone, but this is the covenant that God cut cut with Abraham. 
Jesus ratified it and made sure that it was foolproof. Amen. Abraham represents every material, natural blessing that man can have or dream. Jesus represents every spiritual blessing. You follow what I'm saying? So now we are blessed both spiritually and naturally. Because God knows that we need what food, we need transportation, we need clothing. We need all, God knows all this stuff. He said it in the book of 2 Peter. He said that he knows you have need of these things. Amen. He said he gives us, in other words, he gives all things pertaining to life and God. This is what I'm trying to say. So God just don't want you to be spiritually blessed, something you can't touch. Amen. He wants you to be physically blessed as well, something that you can't touch. But you got to know the spiritual side in order to activate the physical side. Because the spiritual side did activate the natural side for you to have those physical things. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And because of Christ Jesus, we have all right to all things blessed, material, and immaterial. Tangible and intangible. Because of Christ Jesus. Good health. Amen. We had a, a health consultant come another day, and now he said, listen, you just got to change the way you think. And now when I go get my steaks or my lamb, whatever, I go, I go to the animal. Point out the animal. Walk away, because I won't see nothing after that. Come back and get the animal packaged up. Good food. I don't want no manager's meat special. Time, I got to cook it on the way home. I don't want that. Got a little time on. I don't want that because that's listen. That's loaded with disease. Let me tell you something, people. God, you got to stop eating that crazy stuff because because my dentist told me it's cheap for a reason. <laughs> it's cheap, and you eating stuff that got three stickers on it. First it was nine dollars, now it was five dollars, now it's a dollar ninety nine. So you gonna scoop it up? You don't know that you buying disease. Pray for me because my body don't feel good because you just bought a disease for $1.99. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Pastor. Right. You got to protect yourself. You got to put good food in your body. Yeah. Go to the butcher shop. Do like they used to do back in the old days. Amen. Yeah. Well, you ain't got to worry about all that stuff. Got all that contamination in it. Yeah. You got to see, Abraham won't cheat. We got to stop thinking cheap and discount all this. Ain't no wrong with discount, but stop thinking discount first. If somebody give you a discount, that's fine, but don't keep looking for discounts because it's going to discount you. You know, I was in the store the other day, and I said, you know, you know, because I was a spokesperson for Starbucks, I said, you know, when you don't have the coffee brewed, when the customer asks for the coffee, you're supposed to give them that cup of coffee free. She said, oh, I'm sorry. She said, I'll give it to you free. We won't get a refund. I said, no, I want the refund. I just want you to know that because I don't want a refund mentality. (laughs) If you would have given it free from in the beginning, that's all fine. Yeah. But I'm not looking for discounts. Right. Let discounts look for me. Right. Let free look for me. And stop looking for stuff free. Let free look for you. Yeah. Amen. Because you won't get your mind all small. Got a big prayer, but a small mind. You can't receive it. Right. Yeah. Ask of God for something big. But God said, I ain't got no place. I don't see no way in you when you received it. Yeah. All right. All right. The square footage is too small. You ask for a package, God said, I want to give you the whole truck. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. Amen. All right. We all right, y'all? Okay, all right, let's go. Praise God. I'm not being too rough, am I? You all right? 
Okay, I just want to make sure. It don't matter anyway. I just want to know. <laughs> Amen. So every trial or need that comes to the descendant have to, must respect you and it must stand back for the blessing to manifest. There's, there, let me tell you something. There's been times that I was, you know, I wanted something, and I, I came to a, an appointment for a reason, and I wanted to, <laughs> I know I ain't the only one, I wanted to um, say some things that would make sure that I was qualified for what I, what I came to receive. And when I was trying to make sure this person understood something, God told me to shut up. He said, let the blessing do the work. He said, I'm talking to that person right now. He said, he said, don't interfere. Don't, 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 don't say this. Don't say, don't talk about how you work with children. Don't talk about how you do this, all this good at two shoes and the purpose of. He said, get that out of the way. He said, let the blessing do the work. And this time I sat in places and just kept still. And what I wanted, watch this now, wasn't what I asked for. It was greater than what I asked for. So when you have the blessing, you don't have to defend yourself in these manners for things that you endeavor. You just need to know that you're blessed, and you are there, and then let the blessing do the rest of the work. So when you go somewhere, you say, you know what, um, do y'all give, do you have, is there special rates for clergy? Is there special for the churches? You got to do that. The blessing going to do that. Right. Amen. You just go there, show up, and let the blessing do the work. God said, I know you got need of all things. God said, I know. He said, stop interfering. I got you. Tell your name. Say, God got you. Hey, man, it is now. Let's go to Luke chapter 19. Luke 19, look at verse 1. And we're going to look at verse um, 5. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him with Zacharias, Zacchaeus, excuse me, and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste. And come down, for today I must abide at the house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. I want you to understand something. Zacchaeus was not you know, big in stature, so he climbed up in a tree as Jesus was passing by. And watch this now. And as Jesus was passing by, watch this now. He stopped and looked up. Ain't that something? He stopped and looked up and said, come down. He said, come down. He said, because today I got to go to your house. Good. See, what I'm saying to you right now, you'd think that Jesus will see the people right in front of him this way. But what I'm trying to tell you today right now, the blessing know how to find you. That's all I'm trying to say. It know, it, well, you hide in the bush <laughs> or you under whatever, the blessing know how to find you. He said, make haste, come down, we must go to your house today. Then he says this. Whoa, where are we here? Okay, then he says that in verse um, 8, and Zacchaeus stood and said to him, But Lord, Lord, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said to him, He said, This day is salvation come to this house. For as much you also, just like the other woman in, in chapter 13. And then in chapter 19, he said, you too. Tell your name, say you too. You too. you too also a son of Abraham. 
and the Son of Man is come to seek and save that which was what? Lost. He said, you're missing out on something. He said, my daddy God cut a, Ab- cut a covenant with Abraham. And he said, you, you don't know what already can save you and what you're losing out on. He said, but I come to tell you that now you are also a child of Abraham. And since you are a child of Abraham, watch this now, salvation come to this house. Now watch, you got to understand this now. Your house, whether it's brick, straw, or it's vinyl, does not determine what type of afflictions and trials and tribulation it can receive. Because we mentioned the other day, when they had that fire out in California, even Oprah Winfrey was standing outside. Celebrities were standing outside because that the fire didn't have no respect to a person. They don't have, they don't have no respect on your square footage. Or whether it's paid in full, but they have to respect the house where salvation is. You follow me? And salvation was in that house because Jesus said, because you also are a child of Abraham. So when stuff tries to hit your home, the first thing you need to say, uh-uh, uh no. Salvation is in this, this house. Because we are descended of Abraham. Amen. Through Christ Jesus. If you don't open up your mouth and you don't make that declaration, then you're fighting fire all by yourself. Amen, somebody. You won't fight fire by yourself. The Holy Ghost would extinguish anything that come up against you because he's there to protect the heirs of salvation. You got angels guarding all around the house. Amen, because they can protect you. Now, our, our back door, we got these sliding glass back door, you know, and I got, I got the porch light on. I got the fireplace light. I got all kinds of light on. I ain't used to sleep in the house with the sliding glass back door. And I come around, I think I see it somewhere. I be tripping sometimes. <laughs> I think I'll see it. I mean, because, you know, man, you, you got to learn what this noise is. Is this a refrigerator? Come on, guys. You know what I'm talking about. This is a stove. This is a microwave. Okay, that's the plumbing. You know, you got to learn the noise of the house. I ain't got used to it yet. So I still walk around. And God said, no, he said, he said, he said man, go to sleep. <laughs> he said, go to sleep. He said, don't wake, don't rise. He said, if you hear something, he said, we got you. He told me straight up. He said, if you hear something, we got you. He said, I got you got angels. All, he said, keep deploying, deploying your angels. Because angels don't need to go to sleep. <laughs> they don't wake up with bags. They got to drink coffee. and They got to do all that stuff. We got to do that. He said, go to sleep. He said, we got you. Yeah. Amen. I lay there and I slept like a baby. All right, all right. Amen. You know, you got to have a ring on both doors and cameras and all. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But if you had it, you still don't feel protected. Yeah. Amen. And what I'm saying is that salvation is at my home. Yeah. And God wants your home to be protected. And your home is protected. Yeah. If anybody do walk up in there, huh, we're about to have a baptism in a minute. Amen. Somebody's going to get saved. Because, see, when they come into your house, they come into the Garden of Eden. Yeah. Amen. They come into a place of, of, of glory and, and, and power when they come into your house. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I know I ain't the only one to keep walking around the house, but anyhow, that's good. That's okay. That's okay. Now, so Jesus came to restore that was lost and to put in operation the covenant that God made with Abraham. Now, let's look at Romans chapter 2. 
I got to get to that, you know, that, that theological thought you got going in your head. Because I know the letter has been killing some people. Romans 2.26, he says, Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And shall not the uncircumcision, which is by nature actually born into it, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, who by letter and circumcision does transgress the law? <laughs> but he is not a Jew, which is one what outwardly. You see that? He is not a Jew of one which is outwardly, neither that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not of the leather, whose praise is not of men but of God. So people say, well, this got to do with Abraham. He said, I'm, I'm just as black as last night. How would this got to do with him? But Jew... He's not talking about being a Jew outwardly. He's talking about being a Jew inwardly, by the Spirit. Amen. And people may not recognize this or talk about this a lot, but the Jews are the most wealthiest people on the planet. They're the most wealthy people on the planet, the Jews. Matter of fact, the texting on your phone, that came from the Jews. They don't, they don't boast on everything that they do, but the Jews, and the Jews are one of the smallest nations. But what, every time they try to bomb up against them, they can't do it. All right. Why? Because God is, God is protecting them. That's why you see that blue ribbon in that flag? That's royalty. Yeah. Amen. And God told them about the blue ribbon. And watch this now, and we are still, every person here is still living off that blessing that's, watch this, that's been committed to the Jews. Right. Watch this now. This is how powerful the Jews think. When a, when a Jew come from a different nation and they, come, they become a citizen of the United States of America and they have Jews on the registration board, once it's uh, alert that a Jew has now become an American citizen, all the Jews in America send that one Jew a dollar. That's why at that time they get here, they go into business. But, okay, but I'm having a housewarming. No, I ain't coming. Well, we'll, you know, you just got a new car. Well, I hope you got enough gas to get home. You see the difference? Because they know how to behave themselves because that nature provokes them to behave themselves. I'm talking about the born-again nature that we have because you and I were adopted in his beloved. And we are Jews spiritually. Amen. And we need to conduct ourselves that way. Just why when I say, hey, when I ask all the clergy to stand up, I say, you know, so into their life, be a blessing to them. I wasn't just talking about me. I was talking about them. All right. yeah. Yeah. Why? Because I understand I'm blessed. Whether you give something to me or not, it's not going to forfeit what God wants to give me. It ain't going to stop that. Right. Yeah. Amen. It's not going to stop that at all. Huh. You know, let me put it this way. There was a, um, you know, when they have all the vendors and, and entrepreneurs that the function was at the other day, and people were giving um, special gifts to certain people. And so what I did is that I, I gave uh, one of the workbooks to the photographer. And then there was a couple there that was blind. They were just got, they just been married for two months. Both of them were blind. Yeah. And they, they enjoying life. And God said, and give them some money. And that's all total out of what we're doing. You know, he said, and give them some money. 
And time I gave them some money and I sat down and minister millionaires, she'll, she'll bear with it. Time I sat down and gave them some money, the first drawing prize that they gave came to Dr. Oz. I sat down, got up. That harvest came quick. And I knew everybody said, no, that was rigged. And the lady put, she said, I don't know how this happened. I know how it happened. Because when a Jew sow a seed that is of the seed of Abraham, you can expect a harvest time you sit down. <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? You can expect that harvest. I want to tell you, people, you cannot lose if you understand who you are and do what you're supposed to do and expect for it to happen. I mean, so many things were happening one time. I was like, oh, I said, I almost got to say, I don't want nothing else. <laughs> and know what God tells me? He said, you can't stand to be blessed, can you? That's what he told me. He said, you're so afraid what other people going to say about you. What about when this thing manifests that you've been praying? How are you going to handle that? He said, I'm trying to teach you and train you how to deal with persecution while you prosper. And ain't nobody mad at you. You haven't arrived to the place where the blessing is manifesting like it's supposed to. Because a blessing to make those who don't understand it manage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, y'all. Whoo, Lord have mercy. Where are we, y'all? Romans? Did we read it yet? We did. Y'all sure? Okay, I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm a high as a kite right now, boy. I'm going to tell you. I ain't talking from nothing last night. I'm just talking in the Holy Ghost. I am so high. Hey, man, I'm seeing myself walking around while I'm standing right here. Hey, man, I mean, if you're going to get high with God, you want to be tripping, don't you? <laughs> we ain't got to worry about seeing no unicorns or nothing like that, do we? We want to be high in the Lord, amen. Seeing out of both rims, amen. Now, I, I, I don't want to really get into the adoption right now. What I want to get to in closing out of the book of Hebrews chapter 6. The book of Hebrews chapter 6. And see, this is what I want to say, um, Pastor Marvin and uh, 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 Chris and Angela Brown and uh, Keith Shawna. This is what I want to say. And this, I'm going to say this right now. Y'all ready for this? How, how am I seeing that, Lord? I see six, seven, five. Okay. I'm looking at, I see the number six, then I see 75. So I'm just going to say it this way. Like six months, 75 days, that's where I'm seeing it. You know, work on getting that, those houses paid off. Believe God for a debt-free house. I don't think I heard what I said. I said 675. Six months, 75 days. I know there's no more months in there, but that's the way I'm looking at it. Because you have a countdown, thank you, Holy Ghost, after the six months. So if you pay attention day by day, you get that house paid in full. So you got to understand, you don't have to do a full 30 years. You don't have to do 15. You don't have to do seven. Now, what I'm asking you right now is to get it done by faith. Bring forth your testimony. Let's get a ripple effect on here. Amen. All right. Y'all receive that? All right. Let's it feel good when you walk in a debt-free house. You can shout better, amen. Food tastes better, too, amen. Amen, praise God. Then, okay, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11. He says, and we, are we there? And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of expectations until the end. Because he talked about there's better things that accompany your salvation, verse 9, but we'll move down. 
And in verse 12, he said that you be not slothful or spiritually sluggish, but be followers or imitators of them. You got to find who the them is, right? Of them who through faith and patience. Because patience is the developer while you're walking in faith. And Herod, the promises. For when God made promise to whom? Abraham. Now notice something. He said, be followers of those who inherit this. And did he tell you who to follow? <laughs> he said, when God made promise to Abraham, he could he swear by no greater, because he's he because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself saying, Blessing, surely bless I gonna bless him, multiply, I'm gonna multiply you. And, he's, and, and so after this, Abraham patiently endured and he obtained the blessing. He obtained the promise. He said, Watch Abraham. Now Abraham went through something. But watch it. He, I want you to watch him this way, that you're connected to him, that you're related to him. And God developed Abraham to go through the blessing procedure so you know how to go through the blessing procedure. Because sometimes it looks like nothing's going to happen. That's when you have to be patiently endure. Come on, talk to me now. That's when you have to patiently endure and continue to walk in that and knowing this, while you're walking, you follow the steps of faithful Abraham. Every step, I'm blessed. Why? Because who I'm connected to, through Christ Jesus. Amen. I'm highly blessed. I'm severely favored because of the blessing of Christ Jesus through Abraham. Amen. And when you look at the cross, somebody say, look at the cross. When you look at the cross, he said, curse is any man that hang on a tree. So that. So that. Somebody say, so that. Jesus hung on the cross so that. Let's, can we turn there? Go, go there. Go there right quick. What is that? Galatians, is it two something? Or is it 320? Go there right quick. Find it right quick. Somebody Google it. Do it quick. I don't want to go all through my notes. Bonisha going to get it for everybody. They ain't going to give it. She's she hustling over there. Go on, get it, Bonisha. <laughs> I think it's Galatians 320, right? I didn't say that. Galatians 3.13. Okay, watch this then. Look at this. Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. That means anything that's bad or misfortune won't happen for you. For it's written, he made all misfortune and bad come on him by hanging on the tree. All lack, all lack of a Production, all that came on him by hanging on a tree. Next verse. That the, thank you. <laughs> Deke said, you take it too long. <laughs> he said, he's going to be the boy today. He said that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. Notice something, it didn't say the Jews. It said the Gentile, because once an unbeliever, a non-Jew, is saved, watch this now, he is now a spiritual Jew. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentile through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So Jesus died on Calvary's cross so that we'll no longer be cursed, and so that the blessing that God, coming that God made with Abraham, will come on us. Now I have a question. Did Jesus die on Calvary Cross? 
Did God cut a covenant with Abraham? Have you received Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior? Then you're blessed with the same blessing. You're blessed with the same blessing. Let, let me get over there. Let me get over there. Maybe, maybe I just, I don't know. I'm trying to get this going on. Verse 18 says, Galatians 3, 18. He said, for if the inheritance be of the law, it's no more promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Okay? Verse 29. Verse 28, and there is neither Jew or Greek, neither bond or free, neither male or female, for you are one in Christ Jesus. Uh -huh. And if, that means position or condition, and if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed, and you inherit according to the promise. But that's the thing, the if part, are you going to be that part? Not just, not just being saved and not participating in the salvation plan. He said, if you are Christ, he said, then you're Abraham's seed and heir according to the promise. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And this is so vital because he's telling us that we're saved. Amen. He's telling us that the blessing that God placed on Abraham, yeah. the fullness of it. You and I can walk in it. You and I can have it. You and I possess it. You and I can enjoy it. You and I can distribute it. You and I can talk about it. We can sing about it. We can dance about it. And that's something to sing and dance about. When you know you're blessed, man, it's easy to do the stanky leg, ain't it? It's easy to do that. It's easy to dance when you know you're blessed, but it's hard to dance when you're stressed. You get all tied up. That's what people do in a robot because like controlling you, both control. Amen. But when you know you're blessed, baby, you're loose, you're praising God, you're free, to, you're a free praiser. The glory of God, I thank you. Thank you so very much. Not for what I have, only for what you did for me to have it. Somebody can come pick you up and give you a ride, but it may have came from a long distance. I'm not just thanking you for the ride. I'm thankful for what you did and to give me the ride. And God, I'm thanking you for giving your son to give me a ride. Thank you. Praise you, Jesus. Glory to your name. Tell your name and say, position yourself. Come on, stand your feet. Let's give God some thanks. Amen. Amen. Amen.